Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. senses. 
You know, I really don't think people think much about that. They don't think much about the fact that, you know, I'm acting for right now. I'm not acting in a different frame of mind. And later on, when he's still sitting in jail and, you know, the girlfriend is out and she's actually roaming the street, it's not going to matter what she's out there doing because he's probably going to do an easy life sentence. You know, so we really need to think about the things that we do and think about the long-term effects that our decisions have. So we ended up sliding into the switch tip with Shanties, and choose your lane was the switch tip for last week. Now, as always, it ends up somehow being so appropriate to the conversation at hand. And yes, you know, we talk about how, you know, you need to make your decisions because, you know, later is not promised to you. And we're not talking about death. We're talking about just living a decent lifestyle and living a lifestyle that is worthy unto God. So, you know, when he chose to shoot you know, his ex-girlfriend, he actually chose his lane. Yeah. He didn't think about it like that. You know, smoke her meant smoke myself for the rest of my life. And, you know, God is going to see to it that there's a reward for all of our actions, great and small, right and wrong. So when you're making your decision, you need to choose your lane. Choose what lane you're going to be comfortable in. Choose your lane that's going to be more rewarding than making a grave, grave decision. You know, the Bible tells us, and it was quoted last week, that broad the road that many will travel, but unfortunately will lead to destruction. And narrow the road that only few will find that will lead to eternal life. So, come on, let, let's let's give our our thoughts some real thought, and let's not act in the moment, because whether we realize it or not, everything we do, we are actually choosing a lane. Mm. Well, let's talk about a Tuesday church folk day rolled around, and we started. Our segment all over again, my two cents, and that's our film and TV review. And we reviewed, we started to review the HBO Max miniseries Love and Death, the story of Candy Montgomery, Montgomery rather, and uh, Mr. Allen, the married man. Yeah, they're two church-going couples. You know, they're okay with their lives, you know, in the small town, Texas. And, oh, boy, the small town of Texas just was not the same when these two decided to actually enter into an extramarital affair. Yeah, Candy Montgomery from one couple and Alan from the other couple. And, you know, we had a nice snapshot 
of what choosing your lane is all about. Yep. You know, these two actually sat and, I mean, sat and planned and elaborate church going. Yeah, I'm going to say church going because they continue to, you know, fellowship in church. The two couples still, you know, went to church together and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they really chose how they were going to have this affair. And they did slide into it, you know, all the planning, all the, you know, warnings that they gave one another and, and, and themselves that they were not going to get carried away. They were not going to get emotional. They were not going to take any risks. Oh, my, 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 my. Well, that first first episode, The Huntress, was quite interesting as we discussed it last week. Tuesday, and, you know, a lot of different uh, conversations came from the lives that we saw introduced to us in the church-going world, and the thing about it, it's a true story. So no matter how interesting, no matter how boring, no matter how dry, no matter how exciting this all was, yeah, it was an actual true story. So I tell you, you know, join us as we continue to go into the world of love and death tomorrow. God spares when we talk about, you know, episode two. So, mm, mm, mm. Get your popcorn and get your drink and get to watching so you could be part of the conversation tomorrow. All right? All righty. Well, wow, Wednesday rolled around and the ladies were in the house and running the show. And our girlfriend Vivian got the ball rolling with her socially conscious segment. The AMC theaters are bringing back the $3 and $5 movies um, through August. Yes, you and your family will be able to watch recent and classic films for as low as 3 to $5. What else did Vivian talk about? Vivian talked about the asylum seekers who will now be housed in faith-based houses, yep, in the churches, and how they will be added to the local homes in New York City. Yes, they will be uh, funded. Different uh, families will be funded to house the asylum seekers. And, you know, we talked about the pros and cons of that arrangement. So you want to go check that out. Check that out. Well, Therapeutic Thursday uh, was in the house as our girl, Sister Gertie Gordon, Gordon, came on and helped us with Trust Talk, yes, Trust Talk with Gertie. We talked about the do's and don'ts of dyeing your hair. Yeah. You know, she said, have a plan. Have a plan to go get a consultation. Do not try 
this at home, you know, really is something that she stressed, that she really thinks you need to sit down, you need to discuss how deep of a die job you want all of the, uh, not only uh, steps that you have to take in order to achieve that, but the upkeep. Yes, because some die jobs are actually a lot more detailed when it comes to the upkeep of it than others. So she says, listen, before you start, understand all the things that, you know, are going to go on. All righty? All righty. Well, I want you to know I have some appraise report for our sister Gordy. Well, remember when she was on Friday, she talked about the fact that she was having a conference yesterday. And praise be to the Lord, she actually sold out every ticket. Now, is that not a praise report? Is she not deserving? I mean, just based on what she gives us from month to month, I am so grateful to God that he blessed her like that. I can't imagine anyone more deserving of that kind of outcome. So let's raise the roof and give God glory for what he's done in her life, for what she's actually done in our life. All right? All right. Just thought I'd share that with you. Well, Freestyle Friday rolled the round. And we got to talking with our men, and oh my, 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 we talked about that funeral home director who actually had a beef, yeah, I'm going to say it just like that, had a beef with another funeral director, and lo and behold, he went on the burial site of the 10-year-old who was murdered while she sat in the, her family's car, and he actually shot at a pastor, spit at the pastor, and he actually murdered someone on the burial site. Yeah. So, I mean, are we out of sorts or are we out of sorts? Goodness gracious. Yeah. We talked about some other stuff. Me and the gentleman, the gentleman and I, and I'm going to send you back to listen to actually what took place. They did a fantastic job sending us into a thought-provoking weekend, and our thought-provoking weekend was prayer last night, and the topic was doubt. Whoa, were the prayer requests incredible, and I'm going to send you back to listen to that as well. Yeah, we had an amazing time last night in the Word Prayer Project room. So go back and listen to that as well. Okay? Okay. Well, today is, um, you got that right, Shaking the Monday Morning Blues already giving God thanks that he brought us through a safe and sound weekend. I hope you're all doing well. And uh, we're about to get this morning started. We're about to get our little health 
uh, minute going on, if you will. So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time where Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. One in 250 Americans live with aphasia, and 180,000 Americans will be diagnosed with aphasia this year. Aphasia is a deficit in the ability to produce and comprehend written and spoken language due to damage to the brain. Do talk to them using a normal loudness level and even paced speech. Don't talk too quickly. Do use visual aids and gestures. Don't talk down to people with aphasia. Do use close-ended and yes or no questions. Don't use open-ended questions when speaking to them. Do highlight or emphasize key words. Don't isolate them during conversation. Do engage in conversation. Don't communicate in big groups or loud environments. Do use simple sentences. Don't get frustrated. Do remember to be patient. Don't cut them off while they are speaking. Do use encouraging words when speaking to individuals with aphasia. Don't assume they are intellectually impaired. Good morning and good morning again Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph And we are shaking the Monday morning blues Yes, God has been so good to us And we have no reason to be bluesy You know, last night's prayer was about doubt And that kind of, to me, gets infused with bluesy Because when you're down, you're actually doubting God. Yeah, it's something that's going on that you don't have that confidence about. Even if it's for half a day, there's some confusion going on as to whether God can, will do it for you. Yeah, think about it. Think about it, think about it, think about it. Well... I am so glad that I have you with me today, and we can get this week started together. So, what are we talking about for our health minute today? And you know, it takes more than a minute to go over our health moment. Well, this morning, we're talking about nail fungus. Yes, nail fungus, okay? And they say nail fungus is very common, a very common infection of the nail. It says it begins as a white or yellow brown spot under the tip of the fingernail or toenail. And as the fungal infection goes deeper, the nail may discolor, it may thicken, it can crumble at the edge, 
and nail fungus can affect several of the nails. Okay? So they're saying if it's mild and it's not bothering you, you may not need treatment. But if it is painful and it's caused the nail to become thickened, our little self-care tips may not help. You may need to go to the doctor. They have a nail fungus that's also called anicomycosis. Anicomycosis. And that's when the fungus infects the areas between your toes and the skin of your feet, which is called athlete's foot. Yes, that is actually a nail fungus. Man, it is amazing what you learn when you read. Can you imagine? Yeah, we know, we definitely know what uh, athlete's foot is. Well, Symptoms of nail fungus include nail or nails that are thickened, discolored, brittle, separate from the nail bed, and or smelly, okay? And they say nail fungus can affect fingernails, but it's much, much more common in toenails. So they say when you need to see a doctor is, now pay attention, when you have difficulty walking, yes, you need to get to that doctor. Swelling or pain around the nails, get to the doctor. Bleeding around the nails, get to the doctor. And if you are diabetic and you think you might be growing or developing some type of nail fungus, you better get to the doctor. Serious. Seriously, you see those people who have, um, they're in wheelchairs from diabetes. Although, I'm telling you, they most people who have had their legs or feet amputated are diabetics. It's very easy for you to have problems with your feet that spread and grow to the leg area. So they say if you even think, you know, I don't, you know, the enemy try, has been trying for the last couple of weeks bring all this noise in the background, but we're going to keep on moving. That noise is not going to bother us. But they say, diabetics, get to the doctor. Okay? Now, they have causes. Now, many, many different reasons um, you can develop some level of fungi, they say that the yeast or bacteria and moles that grow can cause nail infections and the discoloration from bacterial infection tends to be either green or black 
They say fungal infection of the foot, which is athlete's foot, can spread to the nail, and a fungal infection of the nail can spread to the foot. And again, remember I said, and that actually grows and kind of spreads to your legs, possibly. You could also get the infection from contact with spaces where fungi can thrive, such as the floor tile in a gym shower or inside dark, sweaty, moist shoes. Okay? They say the risk factors that can increase your developing nail fungus include older age, wearing shoes that make your feet sweat heavily, having had athlete's foot in the past, walking barefoot in damp public areas such as swimming pools, gyms, and shower rooms. So please keep, you know, your little flip-flops on, that can really, really save you from picking up any type of nail fungi, okay? Or fungi, period, rather. They say having a minor skin or nail injury, having a skin condition that affects the nails, such as psoriasis, and again, having diabetes, which can cause a blood flow problem or a weakened immune system. Okay? They say that prevention of athlete's feet or athlete's foot, keep your nails clean and dry, wash your hands and feet regularly, wash your hands after touching an infected nail. Dry it well and apply an antifungal foot powder and moisturize your nails. And considering applying a nail hardener, which might help strengthen nails and cuticles. Okay? Prevention, keep your nails trimmed. Cut your nails straight across. Smooth the edges with a file and file down thickened areas. Disinfect your nail clippers after each use. Letting your nails grow long creates more places for the fungus to grow. Okay? Come on, you got to keep that stuff in mind. Okay? Prevention. Wear absorbent socks or change your socks throughout the day. Prevention. Choose shoes made of materials that breathe. Prevention. Discard old shoes or treat them with disinfectants or antifungal powders. Prevention. Wear footwear in pool areas and locker rooms. Prevention. Choose a nail salon that uses sterilized Manicure tools for each customer or disinfect tools you use for home pedicures. Man, there's some scary stories that have come from going to a nail salon that do not disinfect their tools properly. Okay. 
prevention. Give up nail polish and artificial nails. Wow, wow, wow. And lastly, if you have athlete's foot, treat it with an antifungal product. All righty. You know, like I said, I used to go to a, they call it hyperbaric treatment. When you lay in a, like a tube, it gives you 100%, 100% pure oxygen you're breathing for at least, I think I was in there for an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, because most times I could watch a movie. And that's when you have, like, issues with a wound that they're trying to heal. And you go in and you um, inhale this 100% pure oxygen because it actually heals your wound from the inside. And that's a, that can be a wound on any part of your body. And I used to go in with another lady who had a wound on her foot. And she said that she had been to a um, nail salon and had gotten a pedicure. And she said about the next day, she said the next day, she said she noticed something was wrong with her foot. And she's a diabetic. And she said, her son had to take her to the emergency room, come to find out that she had gotten an infection from this nail salon. And she was telling me, you know, stay away, stay out of, as a diabetic, stay out of, you know, the nail salon. And it's funny because Shantice and I had been talking, we had been talking about... Yes, thank you for that. Yeah, that's I always save this beef for last. But she, we have been Shanti and I have been talking about going to get my nails done, but just kept like procrastinating. Just couldn't get there. Just couldn't get there. Just couldn't get there. And as we were talking, the the I mean the 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 thing that really did it for us is when she said. She had taken her own tools. She had taken her own tools to the nail salon. So at that point, you really don't know where the infection came from. Because remember now, part of our little tidbit here today was really disinfect the tools. Go to a place where they disinfect the tools and you make sure you disinfect your tools. Yeah. So, you know, it could have been something that happened that she didn't do correctly. It could have been something that was wrong in the nail salon. But can I tell you, I have not been to a nail salon to get a pedicure yet. Nope. And that's been years. I think that was back in, what, 17? Yeah, because I had the hyperbaric treatment not too long after I had the surgery, like that October-ish. Yeah, so in about six years, I haven't been. That's all you, because I wasn't comfortable, period. Yeah, I was always worried, uh, you know, when they 
do the cuticles and they're clipping and they're digging. And I'm like, yo, I'm watching what y'all doing with these tools and it don't look like y'all taking care of this, you know, this disinfecting thing too well. Yeah, they were flipping them tools in and out that machine way too fast for me. They take them out, they brush them off real fast, and they throw them in, and they're turning, you know, they're turning between your hands and your feet. They're turning people over in these these salons so quickly. And by the time you see them put it in, they're already pulling it out. I mean, well, what happened in there? That ain't no expedited process. So we really got to be careful about this nail fungal thing, especially if you're a diabetic. You want to make sure that, you know, you go to get your nails clipped at the foot doctor. Yes. You want they say don't even clip your own nails really. You will need to go to a foot doctor. Especially if they get really long because remember, the longer they are, they just got finished saying it, the longer they are, the more germs they carry. So let's make sure we, we take care of our ourselves really well, okay? So what are we talking about today? I got like a whole bunch of news but Ain't nothing jumping out at me. I do want to talk about this couple. They had been married for three months. They went away on a Hawaiian honeymoon. And they decided to do some snorkeling. And oh my, 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 my. He, they say he vanished. This is how they term it that he vanished beneath the surf while they were snorkeling. He drowned. And they had some spear fishermen who pulled him to shore and bystanders who gave him CPR before the responders arrived. But unfortunately, they didn't, you know, he didn't make it. They weren't able to save him. And... I mean, to make matters worse, as all of that was going on, some thieves stole their cell phones, their wallets, their money, clothing, and even their car rental. Can you imagine all of this happening on your, you know, three months anniversary? of being married, so they probably had like a delayed honeymoon, and unfortunately, this is what happened to them, and I that was so, so sad when I read that, so they had to get a GoFundMe to help to pay for their, you know, for the burial expenses, and they say that Honolulu plans to place a new lifeguard stand at the beach because the people have been complaining that they do not have enough responders on their city beaches. So, unfortunately, you know how it goes. Someone always has to, you know, perish before they decide to get some stuff done, you know? Oh, so that was really sad. That was really sad. Now, the biggest thing, I'm sure, you know, I I mean, if I didn't see this article, this story about a million times when I opened up the uh, news, I'm sure if you watch the news, 
this is definitely a hot topic about the Amazon plane crash where there were the children who survived. Yeah. So they somehow ended up, they were flying from one um, part of the Amazon to the other. And the plane unfortunately crashed. And there were some survivors of the plane crash. And there was a mother who also had her four children on the plane. And they all survived the plane crash. But the mother, she was badly, badly injured from the crash and and told the children who ranged from the ages of 13 to 11 months. We had 13, 9, 4, and 11 months. And she told them to, you know, go ahead and leave her. But she really was not able to not only care for them, but she was really injured and she didn't think she was going to make it. And they survived. They survived 40 days. Yes. And they say they survived living off a bag of cassava flour, from the wreckage, seeds, and fruit that was in the area of this, um, of these Amazon, of the Amazon. Let's put it like that. Now, here's, here, I tell you, this is an amazing story because what happened was they dropped some loud, like through some loudspeakers that they had going on. They were calling out to them and things like that, and it was it was frightening to them. So each time they went to, you know, say something, it made it worse for them, and they, they kept hiding. So it made it worse for them to be found, longer for them to be found, because they said each time they actually did something to help to save them and to alert them, that there was help, that they snuck and hid behind, you know, all of the, the weeds and the, you know, in the, with the deeper within the forest. So they say that at one point, they even had the grandmother's voice on the loudspeaker. And they had her telling them you know, to be still, they were sending help for them, and they said, oh, poor thing, that even made them a little more nervous, yes, so they say the jungle at the time was in harvest and lush with fruit, and that's what they lived off of, and one of the children, the oldest daughter, the father said, had somehow studied the different fruit in the jungle that was poisonous and that which was safe. So giving God thanks that, you know, through all of that, I mean, listen, a month goes by quickly, but 40 days, that ain't no joke. That is no joke by far. And like I said, you know, giving God thanks that, you know, they had, you know, so many people out looking for them 
that they were able to kind of, you know, at one point zero in on saving them, you know, capturing, you know, these children who at, you know, each moment continue to, you know, go deeper into the jungle every time they heard, you know, something that made them a little more scared and frightened. So, ooh, but that was all over the news. I, I can't even tell you, you could not get through any two, three articles before they brought that one back up. Well, I thought you might find this interesting. They're calling it booze tickets. And they're saying that booze tickets have surged under the, you know, covering of Mayor Adams in the city. They say they have given up to 10,000 booze tickets in the past year. And, I mean, long story short, the people are not impressed. Not only are they impressed, but they're saying it's really not going to be very um, official. How do I want to say this? Effective. Because the tickets are only $25. So they're saying that's not really going to stop people from drinking in public. You know, for the longest time, you know, you we haven't been able to walk around with an open canister here in New York for a long time. Yeah, you couldn't walk, you can't walk around with like a beer or alcohol outside of a bag and things like that. But they said since they've been allowed to smoke weed openly, and since weed has become okay to smoke openly, that the booze tickets have increased because for some reason people believe now it's okay to drink in public. So there was one woman in the park who had her dog in one arm and a glass of rosé in the other hand. And she was complaining because she said that she pays her taxes and she should be able to drink in public. She said, you know, isn't this what we pay taxes for? Yeah, well, I'll have to tell you what side of the fence that was. Just when they said she was drinking rosé. Because <laughs> we ain't drinking no rosé, especially in the public. So, that ain't happening. So, they, you know, they're really... Uh, have been cracking down on this, you know, drinking in public. They said that, you know, because they've had this, um, I can't think of the name of it. I'm trying to look for it now. But, you know, they, the, the quality of living, that's what they call it, the quality of living, you know, complaints, the quality of life, I'm sorry, quality of life complaints that they've had have really soared. And in order for him to make people feel like, you know, they are, you know, they are comfortable or they should be comfortable or to ensure that they feel comfortable. You know, cops have been issuing more and more tickets. But, again, the people are saying, big deal, because $25 ain't going to be nothing because they can't go to jail for this. So I don't know if they, 
in to arrest people if you have multiple, you know, um, tickets. That might be a plan that they're not talking about right now. But, yeah, that's on the table. That's on the table, you know, that this is increasing, and he feels like, me, Adams, feels like, you know, people should feel safer now because if there's a lot less drinking in public, there should be a lot less melee. And, yeah, that would that, that, that is a thought. You know, so I, I do believe that, you know, by cracking down on a lot of this drinking in public, there will be a lot less, you know, public, you know, misbehaving. You know, is it going to cut it down a whole lot? Probably not. I agree at $25, people are not going to really pay attention to it, especially if they know that they can't go to jail. There's no threat. There's no threat. Well, interestingly enough, I say they need to they need to crack down on the smoking in the in in the public of the weed. Cause I'm tired of smelling this stuff when you walk around. I don't know why that hasn't been something because although it might be legal to you know, possess it, why is it legal to smoke it? I feel like they need to do the same thing with the weed smoking. Well, interestingly enough, there was a lawsuit between this man and a woman because she sued him for smoking in her house. She was renting an apartment. And she was smoking, he was smoking, she asked him to please stop smoking because it was messing with her health. And initially, when she took it to court, they didn't do anything about it. Well, well, somehow or another, she pressed and it ended up going back to court where he lost. And now he has to pay a hefty fine. Because he kept saying that it should have been all right for him to smoke because he was smoking in his house. And her argument was, well, it's my house, and I'm telling you, it's coming through the vents or whatever, and I can smell it. And it's making me sick. She said she was vomiting. It was giving her headaches. It was causing her to pass out. And she won. The, 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 the judge, you know, rendered in her favor. And he now has to pay these fines. And, you know, again, people feel like because it's legal to possess it, it is legal to smoke it. And it is, because they're surely not doing nothing about it. Well, they're saying that hopefully with this woman winning this court case, they're hoping that more of this surfaces. Yes. And on another note, real quick, before I bring on my due time crew, speaking of, you know, what's become legal and not legal, I don't know if you remember a while ago, I said to you that Mayor Adams said he was going to start cracking down on all these stores who were selling weed. Yeah, because, see, again... Let me tell you something. The city wants their money. Now, you've allowed the, the, the weed to become legal, but 
a bodega cannot legally sell weed. No, and I'll tell you why. Because they, they, they must have a license. Remember, they have to have a license to sell beer. They have a light. They need a license to to have a lottery machine, and they have they need to have a license for smoke um cigarettes, and that falls under licensing. So they they said he said that they would start cracking down, and they did. They have this huge um uh, war against the smoke shops themselves. Yes, 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 honey. Let me see if I can pull up my article here. And I was like, yes, because I'm really hoping this really opens up a lot of doors to a lot of things. Where's my where's my article about mm, I must have left that in another day. But yeah, um is really spearheading this one as she's they're cracking down on the smoke shops. Now that was an interesting turn because remember now, Adam said that they were cracking down on the bodegas and the stores, the little local stores. But these are literal smoke shops, and what they said is these smoke shops. Okay, go back. Remember we talked about how they were giving the the uh, the people a chance to open up the smoke shops? And if you had a, a, a um, you had been to jail already, or somebody in your family had been to jail, remember that? Remember that crazy story? Yes, they did it. Remember they were issuing like 30 stores or something like that? Yes, well, they did. Well, what they're doing now is they're cracking down on all the stores that went up that didn't get the license. Yes, 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 honey. They are getting together, and they have already shut down quite a few stores on this quest to get, you know, this under control. But again, you know, how control are you going to get? How much control are you going to have? When you opened up a can of worms Because they weren't able Look at all the smoke shops that went up in your neighborhood If you live in the hood I mean I can't tell you I, I, I really looked on the strip Of Jamaica Avenue On Sutton Boulevard And yeah I mean well that wasn't a smoke shop I've been living here for almost 30 years That was not a smoke shop So for all of us who live in the hood Look around All of those places that are up now And running don't have licenses. So, mm-hmm, a lot of them are going to come down. Let's talk to our dude, Tom Cool. Let's say good morning to our girl, Tamika. Good morning, Tamika. Monday, Monday morning. Good morning. Happy Monday to you. How are you? Happy Monday to you, too. I am doing well, thanks. How are you? Ah, I'm doing quite well for a Monday. <laughs> All right, now shaking that Monday morning blues. Glad to hear. So, we've got some stuff to talk about. Let's see, what are we going to talk about? Hmm. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about these booze tickets. 
you know, again, they're giving tickets. We've known this for a long time that you cannot walk around openly and drink. And they say since the legalization of cannabis, people have gone book wild. They've given over 10,000 tickets in a year. They said more than any other time they have ever given tickets. What do you think? Do you think that once they gave the green light to the cannabis, this is why people think that they can drink in public as well? Absolutely. There are all these, you know, guidelines for liquor, but not as much for uh, weed, marijuana, whichever label you want to give it. You know, um, I can I can even attest I was out driving on yesterday, and this guy was literally sovereignly high. Now I don't know whether he was drinking or whether you know it was some type of other intoxicant. But I was driving in the car, and he was walking, and literally he almost laid on the car because he was intoxicated on, on some form. And, and you, you can't do that. You know, obviously they must have had a party that let out morning, and he was out there, you know. And these things, you know, happen ironically every day. And why you think it's okay should should be beyond me because you know I myself I can't stand I, I just want to be able to walk sh- the street with free air you know it doesn't matter what time of the day I walk out you know I'm either hit with smoke or I'm hit with the smell of marijuana which I cannot stand I can't stand either one but if I had to pick one and I had to endure it I take cigarette smoke and I hate the smell of cigarette smoke you shouldn't be able to to be able to do that you know um I think about, you know, how long it took for um, restaurants to stop allowing people to smoke on the inside. You know, are we going to have to go through the same thing, you know, with weed? You know, just about every corner. If you ever walk out in the street, you know, by the time you get to the corner, there's at least three or four people that you have passed from corner to corner that's smoking weed. You know, and it, 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 it's really, it's traumatic. You know, what, what is this doing for our youth? you know, that haven't even really gotten to live yet, you know, especially if they're in a household of, of someone who's smoking. Nobody's thinking about any of the residuals. They're just thinking about what they want and how they're going to get it done. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, there's, there's this, this lawsuit that just, you know, finished, and the woman won, whereas she asked the gentleman to please stop smoking weed, especially while she was home. And he felt that he had the right to smoke because it's legal. She told him that she was um, getting sick, and this kind of got thrown out initially. And then it was, you know, it went back to court, and she won. And he was told he could not smoke weed in the house. He said that most times he goes to smoke outside, but because it gets colder, you know, in the wintertime, he smokes inside. And she said that as a healthcare professional, she's in the medical field, she said people do not realize, and I always said this, I was like, how in the world is tobacco? I don't care about no chemicals. I don't care what you say. This has got to be toxic to your health. 
and she said she did the study, and it is just as toxic to inhale weed smoke as it is to inhale tobacco smoke, and secondhand smoke for us is the same as when you're under tobacco smoke, and people don't think that it's the same. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're hoping, and I'm saying we because I sure, I sure agree with them, you know, hoping that, you know, hey, now that she wants that, do you think now they'll begin to crack down? Are you hoping the same thing with what you just got finished saying? Absolutely. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense, and you, it seems like you don't have any power to do anything about it, you know, and that doesn't make any sense. That's not fair. You know, you're, you're, you don't know what the residuals are. You know, and her doing the study and having all the research and all the information um, benefited her case. Now, I'm going to give you a different scenario. It's not weed, but cigarette smoke. Um, I, I came home um, one year. My mother was literally unconscious at the bottom of the stairs. She was laying with her head towards the bottom of the stairs and the, her foot towards the top of the stairs. And I'm trying wow. to figure out what, what happened. You know, when I came home, I'm like, oh, my God, what, what happened to my mother? You know, and I called the ambulance. Ambulance came and got her. And they took her to the hospital. The first thing they said to her, ma'am, you got to stop smoking. And she said to them, I don't smoke. And they were like, no, no, your lungs are filled with all kinds of, you know, you smoke. She was like, no, I don't smoke. My husband smoked. Wow. At the time, my father, was a, my father was an avid smoker. She had had two panic attacks and two anxiety attacks from secondhand smoke. She was not in the room wow. where he was. She was downstairs. She was in a different part of the house. And still, wow. you know, this was the residuals from secondhand cigarette smoke. So I can't wow. even I can't even fathom what we're talking about. You know, we're talking about THC, which is a an intoxicant. Intoxicant. It's also a drug. And so, what in the world? If we're talking about cigarette smoke, what in the world could weed or marijuana or whatever label you want to give? Uh, what what type of type of damages can it do to you? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Do you think them coming down? with these $25 tickets, is that going to curtail, in your opinion, this drinking in public and maybe, you know, change all this uh, public drinking? No, I th- honestly, I think that the fine should be higher than $25. $25, okay, fine, $25. Yeah, thank you, a little $25. I'll see you next week. <laughs> it's sad, yeah. that, you know, for some people it's not going to affect them. You know, if you tell me that it's a $200 fine, then maybe I might think about it. You know, but $25, yeah, take it, take it $25. I'll see you next week. Yeah, that's what the that's what the people are saying. They're saying this ain't going to put no debt. Not at all. People going to take that $25, put that thing on the side and keep it moving. Ah, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We'll be back in a moment for our regular to- our, our today's theme topic. Oh, good morning, Pastor Charlene. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you ladies today? I'm well, thank you. Well, mm-hmm. thank you. Well, you got a whole week off. How are yes, you? Ma'am. I am feeling great today. I'm wow, and it's 
sounds like that, Pastor Charlotte. Amen. 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 So happy that you're feeling better. You know, we're talking about this, you know, booze, these booze tickets. And you know as well as I know this has been in effect for a long time, how you must put your alcoholic beverages, you know, in a closed container in a brown paper bag. You know, you can't drink outside in public. And now they're saying in one year they've given over 10,000 tickets. Do you think that this $25 is going to put a dent into the problem? Absolutely not. $25 is nothing. With this pot, I can go sell some of it, get that $25, get pay my ticket. But as far as the drinking back in the day, you know the red cups that you can't stand? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you put it in there. But for me, I'd rather for them to drink in the street than this weed that they're smoking. Because when you walk past them, well, every block, they're smoking. And it's in your clothes. So when you go places, people think that you're smoking. And I know that I have, like you say, in the hood, we have those um, smoke places on every other block, um, every avenue, you know, um, and they get it. And if there's a, because they're between, like, um, people's buildings, so they're still on the they sitting on the step doing their thing. Wow. You know, um, they don't try to, you know, they have no respect for the children. They have no respect for the seniors, you know, or anything. So they're getting high. You And you have to continue to say excuse me a few times to get by. And it's, okay, so you either walk in the street and go around them because they ain't moving. Right. Or if you cross on the other side, you're going to hit someone that side. So it don't matter what side of the street, you know. It's true. So i rather take the drinking um, anytime um, when they have these clubs, these little club things, dinner spots, whatever they call them, um, because they keep changing the names, little lounges. They coming outside with their drinks. So for me. I'd rather for you to be drinking because it's not in my clothes. I don't have to smell it, and I don't have to feel like I'm high, got a headache, and all of that. So. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, so I've heard other people say that. I'd rather you drink in, in public than, than smoke in public. Um, you know, they have these these weed spots the smoke shops that they've opened, and, yeah, they're cracking down, and they showed them putting all these, They were sh- and they have to shut down, and they're giving them $10,000 a day fine. If they put a sign on your door or your window or if they give you one in your hand as a smoke shop owner, Every day after that, that you stay open is ten can be up to ten thousand dollars. Now, do you think that fine will make a difference? <laughs> well, I'll say this: all they're going to do is move from another place 
call it something else or go back to the old school in their household. So that's what's happening to in the hood. <laughs> so yeah. You might close my building because it got a sign, smoke shop. Yeah. But that's how it going into the deli. And that's how they going into these up places, these little um, where you can go, uh, little fish fry places. And, you know, they just changing the outside. But that don't mean that they are not in there. They're still doing what they do in the hood. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're right. You're right. I mean, that that was always a get around. You know, close down, open up as somebody else. <laughs> So they, I guess they're trying, They're figuring if they attack it from both sides. So you're attacking, let's say, the bodegas and, you know, these other little spots that already have licenses to operate. And if you attack them at the same time that you attack the illegal smoke shops, they're believing that that's going to make the difference. So hopefully so. Hopefully so. Well, let's see what happens. We'll see if this will work because not much else else, not much else he's doing is working. So, thank you for joining us this morning. We're giving God thanks that you're back in good health, and we'll be back to continue our chat. Oh, we have our Pastor K. Well with us. Pastor K. Well, how you doing? Are you talking to the mute button, Pastor KL? Okay. Maybe he's not available. Alrighty. Well, I have an article that I stumbled I'm upon. Here, I'm, here, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, KL, as well. How are you? <laughs> Good. Glad to hear. Glad to hear. Glad to have you on with us. We're talking about, you know, these booze tickets here in New York City where they're giving, they said, up to 10000 in the past year they've issued for public drinking. And there's a woman who was in the park when they were giving out the tickets, and they gave her a ticket, and she got angry as she was walking with a dog under one arm and a open glass of rosé in the other hand, and she wanted to know why should she get a ticket. She pays her taxes, and isn't this what she pays her taxes for? How would you respond to that question? Um, I think it's totally ridiculous. But again, we know if you got your dog in your hand and Rose in your other hand, we know who you are. You know, because yes. we can't put a pit bull in our we can't put a pit bull in our hand. And, um, That's right. And, and a, a pit bull in one hand and a, and a can of moat duck in the other. So I, I know who it is. <laughs> so Absolutely. No problem. And, and you know, since they think they privilege anyway, so. Yeah, I just think that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, one thing has nothing to do with the other. We do not right. pay our, you know, taxes to be publicly harassed or have to go through, you know, the experience of all of this chaos in the streets for public intoxication. Now, here we talked about before that they were making it legal. You could go and get, you know, um, 
a license to open up a smoke shop, and now that they are, they've allowed it, now they have started attacking all of the illegal smoke shoppers, and they're targeting them, they're shutting them down, they're putting uh, fines and closures on, closure signs on their doors, and they're saying every day you operate, $10,000 fine opposed to the 25000 I'm sorry, $25 fine for the alcohol in the open. Which one do you think is going to get the most attention? Well, I'll call the, the, the $10,000 fine, but, but you know what they're going to do. I'm, I'm, I'm with my ladies. You know, they, they're going to close down and open it up somewhere else. Today is going to be Alibaba shop, and then tomorrow is going to be Aladdin's Red Carpet Place. You know what I mean? But they just going to change the name. <laughs> they're just going to change the name. That's all they're going to do. You know, I, I, I see it here in Alabama quite often. You know, we turn around, and all of a sudden it, it, it was Joe's Smoke Shop, and then it turns into something else. You know, so and the same people running it. So they just changed the name. And, you know, I was going to ask you, you know, it's very prevalent here in New York City. How bad is this problem in Alabama? Well, it, it's, it's bad for us. It's not bad for them. Remember, I'm, I'm, I'm in a college town. So, so these light-skinned folks out here, they drink it all day. You know, they, they, there's, there's a lot of public okay. complications. Um, but, oh. but when we do it, you know, because we, we ain't in college. You know, we're in the hood. So they they, 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 they take it as in. You know, we we in gated communities already. So they take it as in. That's right. That's right. That's right. Wow. Mm-hmm. How bad are the smoke shops out there in Alabama? Is that a common thing out there? Oh yeah, we yeah we have lots of smoke shops, and I'm not sure what y'all if y'all still call it liquor stores down there. Well, they're not called liquor stores here. They're the ABC shops. Okay. You know what I'm so they're, they're not liquor stores. They're ABC shops. And and I, and, I, and again, I I rather you drink than smoke, because I just can't take the smell. You ever you ever go in somebody's house and there's a mixture between weed and potpourri? You know they're trying to put no. out the potpourri. You know? <laughs> yeah, I just I just can't do it. They say, oh man, the past is coming over. Let let's put some potpourri out. You know, all, all there's a bunch of holes, bunch of holes in the wall, and they done st- stuck incense in the holes. Yeah, it's yes, it's I've rough. seen that. Isn't that tacky? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm like, yo, you can't find no place else to sit the the incense opposed to sticking it out the wall, and you're brushing you know, up. I know that I brushed up against one one time. What'd you say? <laughs> they sell incense holders for a dollar. Right. In the wall. Yes, and and I remember going to somebody's house, smelling the incense, and unfortunately, this was a while ago too. Unfortunately, it wasn't a good scent, so already it was like, oh, <laughs> please, what are you doing? And I brushed up against one because I didn't realize it was sticking out the wall. So ever since then, right, right. I'm like. You know, you talk about watching where you go. No, nah, don't invite me. Mm. No, we all right. Mm. I, I'll stay home for free 
in a smoke-free area. I ain't got to worry about putting a hole in my clothes. Yeah, it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Pastor KL. We have a conversation here about our, you know, we try to do the relationship thing. And I came across a a conversation last week and they they have it says that you know these women they realized when it was time to leave hold on let me make sure i got the right one up cuz i want to i don't want to see the wrong thing let me see they have these things that they said was so horrific that they had to leave this this husband alone. So the first one is they said he didn't show up for our baby's birth when I went into premature labor because we fought the evening before and he was pissed. This all happened two days in a two-day span of time. The irony is that the fight was about how he never prioritized me, which we fought about many times before. He walked away from the conversation again because he had to attend his best friend's birthday party. I called him to ask when we could talk, and he didn't pick up any of the calls. He got extremely angry. How dare I call him while he was at the party of his best friend of 20 years? It was time to go. Lady Tamika, what say you? Was it time to get rid of him or not? Honestly, that's not the first time that he's done it. Obviously, uh, there's conversations. Now this is the father of each We keep talking about red flags. Like, Lady, I don't mean any harm, you know, but what, how long was it going to take you to get it? You know, now that you're bringing in a child, now you're seeing it, you know, um, pay attention. There are plenty of times, you know, I guarantee you there were times when she said, I'm going to Lamar's, you coming? No, I got such and such, you know, my, uh, you know, my boy is such and such, is doing such and such. You know, there were plenty of other times, I guarantee you that there were issues and she was at the bottom of the list. Are you there, Tamika? I am. I muted myself because there was an echo. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay. Um, So what I was saying was that, um, you know, there are plenty of times, I guarantee you, that um, she was put at the, that she felt like she was being put at the bottom of the list. And I believe now what it is is because you have a child now, you, you feel like, oh, well, things should change. And we have to be cognizant of that. You know, if it didn't change before and it keeps happening, it keeps happening over and over, it's more than a red flag. More than a red flag. You need to heed the warning. Now she's out. Um, she should have been able to correct that way before the child came in. Now you are deemed with this individual for the rest of this child's life, whether it's, you know, you two or you three. But you got to deal with them now. Absolutely. Pastor Charlotte, what say you? Well, I agree that it's not the first time he has not put her first. And I would say bye as the baby came in. He wasn't there. 
So, and you always put in somebody else first, I say go. Because it's not, it's going to be a time when the baby going to need some pampers and he ain't going to show up. It's going to be another time when the baby needs something, you know, even if you take you out of the equation. And so you want to end up raising this baby and doing for yourself anyway. So I say no. Bye-bye. Wow. Well, both of you are absolutely right because in what I read, she said that they had had this conversation and argument many times before. So I agree with you. This this ain't no, you know, you just had this happened within a nine month period of time where he changed. You said you had been arguing and y'all had had this conversation many times before. Well, clearly not enough times for you not to go and have the baby. So, oh well, what are you gonna do now? All righty. Here's another one. She said he threw a tantrum. Because my BFF of 30 years, who was in hospice, wanted to leave me something expensive, and I dared to say yes to her instead of discussing it with him. Pastor Shaw. Okay, let me make sure I got this right. So my best friend's going to ask to give me something, but I don't want it from her. And he mad? No. The friend, okay. the, thir- the, the friend of 30 years who, right. was in the hosp- who was in hospice, meaning she's on her mm-hmm. way out, right. wanted to leave her, give her a gift. But mm-hmm. he was angry because she accepted the gift without discussing it with him first. Oh, she accepted it. That's between me and my friend. Ain't got nothing to do with you. Okay, see? There you go. Me and my business. Don't have nothing to do with you. So why are you in my business like that? So my, the question is, am I going to let him go? Mm, no, i probably just keep him so I can keep it in his face. I got it. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> wow. And y'all wow. I said that I wouldn't get rid of him. I would still keep him. And what she gave me, he met, so I'm not going to share. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Woo! I don't, you know, it's so funny. You and Shantice, y'all can come up with some stuff that don't even cross my mind. Oh, my goodness gracious. I, could, I, I didn't understand that first, but I get it now. Wow. Lady Tamika. Are you doing what Pastor Charlotte doing, or you got a new way to get this done? <laughs> no, that's definitely not me. But, you know, we're talking about a friend that I have known for uh, more than two decades, you know, and this is her last, you know, thing that she wants to give me. I, I think that that's really you're – doing a, a, you're doing too much. You, you, you're being really extra on this one in saying that I needed to – confer with you now suppose I said wait 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 Julie wait wait let me talk to my Susu let me talk to my boo-boo before I give it we don't know what time she has and so because she offered to give it to me 
why not say yes? I don't know. You know, it, hospice, I, I've been there in hospice, and basically it's a waiting, I, I hate to say waiting game. You know, I don't know what phrase to use, but you are literally, unfortunately, waiting for this person to expire, whether it's an hour, whether it's a day, whether it's a year. You don't know. And so if she's saying to me, listen, I'm going to give you this such and such, such. By the time I get to you and ask you, can uh, you know, can I get this gift from such and such? And she expires, then I got to deal with that guilt. Guilt. So you know, no, I would have taken it as well because you know you don't know what time this person has. All righty, all righty. Well, before I weigh in on this, uh, Pastor Charlene, your girl yes. is right beside you. She said, "I ain't quick enough on my feet." <laughs> That's my baby girl. <laughs> you got to be quick on your feet with these people. And she 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 asked, did she don't understand the problem? Because did the friend offer her another man? So you know, again, another quick thinking because that didn't cross my mind either. Oh my goodness gracious! Well, here's my thing. You know. um, the highlight of this particular complaint in his behavior was the fact that the friend was in hospice. I, I'm going to go back to the first scenario. I don't honestly believe that this was the first time he acted like this either. Now, for me, whether you were in hospice or whether God told me you had another 150 years to live, that's between us. Why am I asking you to ex- whether I should accept the gift unless it's like a house? You know, a home, you know, she giving me a home and, you know, you, you, I'm, I'm going to pack up. And when you look up, I'm, I'm moving in and I haven't consulted you. I mean, think something like that, that, that's different, you know, but, you know, come on, come on, come on. Why am I consulting you regarding any gift that someone wants to give me? If we're in the Lord, then automatically God should just de- let you know, well, let me know immediately whether that was an appropriate gift, period, whether I consult you as a husband or not. If it's inappropriate, it's inappropriate. It ain't going to be inappropriate because you're married and he don't agree. So uh, you know what? These are, this, I'm telling you, this, this ain't the first time for that either. There's some jealousy that probably was going on, and this has been happening all along, and now the lady is dying, and he's still got a problem with her. So, yeah, this ain't the first time. This is not the first time. All right. We were three months away from our wedding, and he broke up with me on the day of my grandfather's funeral to avoid being with me through my grief. He then tried to get me back the next day, but it was over for me already. Oh, Lady Tamika, what are we talking about here? Wow. I've lived that life. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I, I did, yeah. That I can I can attribute to that. Um, not exactly the same way, but, yeah, I was dealing with someone who, um, in the passing of my father, um, he kind of, like, was missing in action, you know, and it, it it helped me see, okay, so if you can't be there when I need you the most, then I know for a fact that you won't be there for other things, you know, and, um, you know, grieving, you, you, the grieving process is different for every individual, you know, and I pretty much knew that 
it was pretty much over when my father kept asking for him to come and he wouldn't show up. Um, and so we as individuals need to definitely pay attention to the signs, red flags or whatever you, you want to call it, because they're evident. You know, it's, it's not a coincidence that, you know, he or she or whomever you're involved with um, is not there. They're not that busy. There's, I mean, you know, love is an action word. And so you show me by the things that you do, especially during that time, that you're either going to be there for the long haul or you're not. You know, and then it's like, okay, so you don't want to be there during that part. What are other times when you won't be there? When I, when I need you on crucial times, you're going to fade out. You know, and to me, that's a real evident sign. It's very, very clear, especially on those moments. If you can't show up when I need you the most, then I don't need you. Absolutely, absolutely. Pastor Charlotte, he wasn't <laughs> there for your grandfather's funeral. Very easy answer. I can see clearly now that you have gone. <laughs> so, I agree. <laughs> I agree with Lady Tamika because when tragedy comes, and you know that's always good when tragedy or something comes because now you know where you stand with that person. So that was such an easy, don't come tomorrow. Mm-mm. Stay where you was at. He wasn't here when I needed you. Stay right there, boo. I had somebody else to cuddle me. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you got you got a yes, yes, yes. Goodness. From the peanut gallery. All right. I was babysitting with his mom. When I found out that they had planned a whole elaborate life for me without consulting me one bit, it was then I realized I was a side character in his family's life and oven for their plans. They had never once asked me because they did not care. I was supposed to just go along with their plan, and I was to be quiet and be happy about it. Pastor Charlene! So I'm a babysitter? <laughs> okay. Wait, say that again? I said, say that, say that story again. I'm telling like to me, like, she the babysitter? No. Take care of mother. She said, I was babysitting with his mom when I found out that they had planned a whole elaborate life for me without consulting me one bit. So this was during the time maybe the mom needed some help or, you know, somebody to care for her. So the terminology is I was babysitting um, with his mom. You know, that's, she was caring for the mother. When the mama started talking and started <laughs> telling her about the elaborate life that she and the son had been planning for this particular woman. And she said she realized they had this whole life planned out for her, and she had had nothing to say or had even been given the information or asked, is he a keeper? Okay, like I said, she the babysitter. She babysitting the mama. (laughs) And so she is just... I'm sorry. Yeah, right. She the babysitter. She the babysitter. She taking care of the mama. So she the babysitter. So now you become a work help. 
right? So now I tell you, and then till I need you, and then once she gets better, you out. That's what it sounds like to me. Because if you plan in a life without me, but I'm here for you, and that's what we have to be careful at. Sometimes people are present for different motives, right? And then here you come, um, and when they get better or in a position, then they don't need you no more. That's what that sounds like to me. Did I answer All your right question? Now. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> All right. Let's see if it sounds like that to Tamika. Tamika, what that sound like to you? Sounds like the family, you know, or friends or whomever uh, getting ready to take a trip. You know, they going all, you know, all around and doing this and doing that. Oh, yeah, you know, and you sitting at home watching somebody else's mother. You know, um, sounds like you're, 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 not, you're not even like, you didn't ask me how I felt, you know, what my schedule might have been. You just took it for granted that I would be there for your mother. And let's just think about it this way. Nobody takes care of your mom like you. And so you just figured that, oh, well, we'll just write her in the plan. And, you know, it's kind of like everybody's having a, you know, people are doing a um, a gathering. You ever had somebody say, oh, we're doing a gathering and we, we're getting this together and getting that together. And then it's going to be at your place. Wait a minute. Nobody asked me. Nobody asked me if I wanted to be a participant. I just, you know, every all I know is I get here and everybody's got cups and glasses and, you know, food and stuff and it's you know they standing at my door that's not that's so inconvenient of you that's so selfish of you how disrespectful and rude for you to plan all of this and not ask me you know because I'm taking care of your loved one you know I get it that you you obviously think that I can do it but why not put me in the plan wouldn't that make more sense because then I can tell you what my true availability is as opposed to sticking me with it. Because after a while, you know, people start to get re- re- regretful. And sometimes what people do is when they're angry, they take their anger out on the person that they're taking care of instead of the person that it should be targeted at. Mm-hmm. You ladies are saying something this morning. So we're babysitting mama. <laughs> And Mama shares all this stuff that y'all done talked about that's supposed to be including me, except the fact that I don't know that it included me. I don't know if I'm feeling that. I think I'm a little too adult for that. I think I ain't got a little too grown. I should be able to say what I want to happen in my life. I think that people planning your life is extremely selfish because you didn't plan all this stuff, that clearly means that you're not interested in me having decisions in my own life. You're already going to discuss how I'm useful to you, not how I'm going to enjoy my life with all of you. So, nah, that's all right. But, again, this ain't start after the ring. All of this that went on a long time ago. And I always tell people, you ain't got to do a whole lot of talking. Just sit and let them talk. And a mama, you got to babysit? Oh, she going to tell it all. <laughs> I promise you. Because she's a talker. And she going to tell it all. So go ahead. Go ahead, babysit mama. 
God and babysit mama real early in the process because you're going to find out what the real deal is. Well, I have an interesting one here. And there's a key word. I reread this thing just now. And there was something in here that I was like, mm, mm. he said that N-word one too many times. And we had a lot of fights over it. I told him a thousand times that he was not to say it in front of me or our kids. He got in the car, Beyonce was on, and he told me to turn that N-word stuff off. I lost it and yelled at him. He told me he wanted to find someone who shared his values, and I invited him to do so. I think he would. But he did I didn't think he would But he did Yay He tried to come back two weeks later But I had had enough of his abuse And racist behavior Pastor Shaw I think you get the first leg on this one There's a key phrase um, There's a key two words that That tells me Oh, this been going on a whole lot longer than we think. What you got to say about this here? Soon as he did it the first time, you allowed him to do it, and you see. Sometimes we make it and think it's a joke, right? So you're laughing with him, and then now he's saying it too many times. My question was, who driving? Because if I was driving, uh, and he would have got pushed out. So I know I just y'all continue to pray for me. Thank you for your prayers. Okay. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, you know, we already know that you black and you keep allowing him to say these things. And I would have just, it's a no for me. You would have been gone a long time. You ain't got to worry about coming back because when you came back, Two big ones would have been standing at the door. Bubba <laughs> and his friend. <laughs> so, and then and say, come on inside. She right there in the back. And when you got oh, in, no. it would have been hard for you to get out. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we all got them cousins. <laughs> Listen. We got them cousins and them friends that don't mind going back. Okay? Don't mind going back. Pastor Charlene, I want you to know that your girl is not on, but she is definitely in this conversation because as you were talking and you said that two big ones would be standing at the door, she said, now say it now.
I'll give you a minute. <laughs> oh, gosh. This was sitting at the wedding table, um, Tamika, just here. This is who you left me with at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we had to deal with for them hours. Oh, my God. Oh my God! Yeah, no. They this, had this fun thing. too. They was laughing. <laughs> no, we did. That's all we did was laugh. Uh, oh. Yeah, this 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 has been um, over and over. There have been plenty of times, you know, that whether whether he's the father or not, he's shown himself times. You know, whether it was something y'all all sitting at a table or eating out, and you know, the in in word comes out. Or, you know, he's with his friends and, and the N-word comes out. You've been around this many and many, many a times. And I, what, what, what doesn't get me, if you see something that you don't like and you verbalize and you talked about it, why do you keep putting yourself, why do you keep subjecting yourself to it? Whether we're talking about this situation or the other situation, it's obvious that you keep seeing the same sign. And instead of you deciding to make a move, you just keep enduring it, keep enduring it, keep enduring it. You know, and, and you just, basically what you're doing when you allow this to continue, you unfortunately are condoning it. Whether you say it or not, you're showing them how you want to be treated. So the first time that that comes out, I'm letting you know clearly it's over if I see it again. You know, you, you, you allowed it to go. So obviously the first couple of million times that it went by, you've already told him, well, all I'm just going to do is say and say and say, you know, and how long are you going to subject yourself to this type of foolishness? So in my case, I got 20 friends that I'm going to introduce you to. They're on my left hand and my right hand. So uh, those are the twins. We're ten the first time and ten the second time. And if I don't knock you out, I'll keep going until you, until you realize. Because you won't, you won't black out by the time I'm finished. Because I'm not moving oh until I literally I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? I, I, I wasn't supposed oh to say I'm supposed God. to face with you. I'm not supposed oh. to do that part. <laughs> oh, All I'm saying, goodness. Brother Al should be listening. Who's the thug now? <laughs> oh, my she said, and each time, y'all are hilarious. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm so glad this is a Christian show because if it wasn't, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> what would well, y'all say like we were going to do? Oh, my goodness. I would like to know what you're going to do. What are you going to do? You tell us. Okay. You need a nice one. You tell us. No, 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 no. I have to be honest. See, here's the problem that I have. Remember I said there were two words when I reread it. Something stuck out to me the second time I read it. When she said, I told him a thousand times that he was not to say it in front of me or our kids. Our kids, which means to Stephanie that you've been saying this and had kids. I didn't catch that the first when I, the first time I read it. And my eyes went up when that was the first thing that came out in this particular story. But when I read it the second go round, and I'm like, our kids? Which meant you've been taught a thousand times. How do you have to tell a person not to call or say the N-word a thousand times and we're in a relationship? Right then and there, you didn't tell me what you think about me. 
Right then and there, you didn't tell me what you would think about any future children. Right then and there, you didn't tell me what you think about my parents, my friends, everything. So once you said it and it came out the first time, I ain't got to bring Big Bubba. I ain't got to bring 10 of my family members because there would be no more conversation. And that's it. That's it. I don't understand how people can go through this like that. I, I don't know. No, 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 no. When I saw that, you want to know what I would do? You, Our kids? Oh, no. We would never get that far. Because let me tell you something. He ain't called, or said the, called you the N-word or said the N-word around you after y'all been in the bed. Nah. Unless y'all went in there the first night. Because we know that happens. We know that happens all the time. That you bed people, you know, certain people bed people the first time. You ain't even got to know their name. You in the bed. Unless that was the case and you and you end up getting pregnant the first time out. But hey, nah, 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 nah. For the first time it even slipped for you. It, it, you couldn't apologize for that. Because that's something that's been lying dormant. That's like me right now allowing somebody to smack me. And I go, oh, you know what? It's all right. No. I may have done that when I was 16, but not now, my dear. Mm-mm. So that's what I would do. That would be your first and last time me, you, me and you ever talking. I don't care if we have been talking for nine months. You made a mistake and said that. If that was a mistake, if you want to call it a mistake, it was a mistake when you let it come out. Ain't no more talking. Ain't no more talking. You said our kids after a, a million, to a thousand times that you can't say this in front of uh, no, how did you get to the thousand thousandth time? Okay, you already stupid. No, 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 no. It's too much going on out here for you to listen. I don't even accept that much. Now, when we get to that point, now you out. Bye. All right, my ladies. Wow, thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. You all do the same. I'm calling Bubba right now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Enjoy. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It's the top of the hour on a Monday morning. And let's say good morning to our girl, Shantice, as we get the switch tip with Shantice. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you? Fine, fine, thank you. How are you? Glad to hear. I'm doing well, thank you. What you got for us today? Today I have the switch with Shantice where we make the switch from the street to our garden seat. And our switch tip 152 for this week is don't trade in your vision. Vision being your perception. Perception being the ability to see, hear, or become aware of something through your senses. So don't trade in your ability to see, hear, or become aware of something through your senses. Psalms 18:26 message version. The true people taste your truth. The bad ones can't figure you out. And what I'm seeing a lot more of right now is the bad ones are not so much the people who have never been introduced to God. The bad ones are a lot more of those of us who have 
heard the word of God, have been introduced and reintroduced and reintroduced to God and what he stands for, Jesus, and what he stands for and who he stands for. And then we turn around and say, okay, I'm good. Because we'd rather follow what's comfortable, what's convenient, and what's familiar. Even when we've been shown how slow and toxic it is, we've chosen to trade in our ability to see, hear, and become aware of something just to stay comfortable and content. It's like, how do you think that's going to work? It's not. Having a great perception, having great vision enhances your discernment. First John 4.1, message version reads, My dear friends, don't believe everything you hear. Carefully weigh and examine what people tell you. Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. There are a lot of lying creatures loose in the world. And, of course, we are seeing that so much more now, now that we have the shade room and now that we have, um, oh, my gosh, what's his name? Larry Reed and, and King Jive, I think his name is. They are making sure they are putting these people on blast. I just got finished seeing a very popular and well-known um, pastor who's big in the entertainment world also, and his wife, which is the first lady, just bugging out at his birthday party. And, you know, some people would say, okay, well, they're at the birthday party. They should be able to do what they want. At the same time, we don't get to turn off who and what we stand for because it's time to turn up, according to us. So when we have vision, when we have a great perception, we have the ability to make the choice as to what's good and what's not. You get vision when Jesus confides in you. John fifteen fifteen, New Living Translation reads, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. And to confide in means to tell something in secret or, se- or separately and to trust someone with that information. So when we have vision, when we have a great perception, well, I'm sorry, we get good vision, we get a great perception when Jesus decides to trust us with the information that God has given him. And just like the previous verse that we read, we have to understand that what Jesus is telling us is truth versus what we like to tell ourselves and what other people like to tell us. Okay, now here's the downside to when you don't have vision. Just one of the downsides. Second Timothy 3.7, New Living's Translation reads, Such women are forever following the teachings, but they are never able to understand the truth. So when I read this, it comes to mind uh, what I've been hearing a lot more of now is like Jack of all trades, master of none, or someone who's just so hungry, and I know someone right now, they're just so hungry to to know God and so hungry to get deeper in the word and so hungry to do this, that, and the third. But it's like they're following everything and everyone. And I'm just sitting back like, how do you, how does this make sense? Why does this make sense? We can't have a clear vision. We can't have a clear perception if we're just following so much. But then when it's time to sit down and share what I've learned, I ain't got nothing to say. So what am I running around for? What am I chasing? Who am I chasing? This is what happens when we trade in our vision. And we have to understand that God's vision for us 
is the most important vision, and he has that, and we are all familiar with this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And your vision can get any cleaner than the vision that God has for you. And even though we all have our individual um, things that God is working in and out of us, we know that when he calls us his children, we can all fall under this verse. So we have to really make sure we're making the conscious decision of making the switch from trading in our vision, whether we're trading it in for or uh, popularity, whether we're trading in for money, whether we're trading it in so we can be with someone, whatever your hiccup and your hang-up is, whatever your struggle is, do not trade it in for something that's temporary because our perception, oh, my goodness, our ability to be able to see and hear and be aware of the things that God needs us to see is priceless. We can't buy that. We cannot buy that. That's like almost talking about grace, pretty much. We can't buy it. We can't work for it. We can't earn it. So don't now trade that in for something that is temporary. Thank you, Pastor Seth. Thank you, Shantice. One more time, the title of your switch tip today. Don't trade in your vision. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your word today. And we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you, you Thank you. All right. Let's get this benediction. Oh, we're going to go old school. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Number 6, 2226. Ah. Giving God thanks for our word today. Well, don't trade in your vision. You know, <laughs> we just went through a whole series of, of stories you know, or situations where, you know, the, the, the woman said, you know, this is what he did and this was enough. I had had enough of enough. This This is the straw. That broke the camel's back. When you went into this relationship, you had an expectation as to what the what the relationship was going to be like. And you know, I would trade that in any day for what God has for me: age, maturity, studying a relationship with the Lord has given me that. You know, because how do you get that far deep in if you were following what God said? You know, when we get to the point where, you know, we make the decision that we are going to do it God's way and no other way, then anything that looks different than that is always going to rub you wrong. You're not going to ever get comfortable with that. And, you know, the Lord will tell you the things to tolerate, and the Lord will tell you the things not to tolerate. And, you know, a lot of times when we read scenarios like this, you know, remember, we're only getting this side of the story. But if we were to go with what he says and what the story she's telling you here, 
You know, these are people who we know that they were doing this stuff long before you got to the breaking point. And a lot of times we don't know the breaking point because we don't know God's plan. You know, somebody who we should have left alone a long time ago, we don't have that understanding. We keep pushing forward in the relationship our own agenda, what we feel, our emotions, what we think. Oh, he's not that bad. You know, I could get worse. Or the last person I was with was this bad or that bad. You're listening to somebody else who told you, girl, you might as well keep the devil you know. You know, you, you hear all kinds of conversations. You have all kinds of conversations. You know, this stuff has nothing to do with God a lot of the times. This is just our, these are our desires. These are our decisions that we're making and we have not consulted God. And my word today is consult God on everything you do. Everything you do. Because one false move in your life can take you down a rabbit hole of wrong decisions. And there's not one time in that we can reflect in our life, and we ain't got to be talking about our former life, just one wrong decision we've made that has now played a part in helping us to make, I mean, just a series of bad decisions. And before we know it, it has gotten to the point where it's, it, I mean, you, Jesus is the only way you're going to get out of this one. And why are we taking ourselves through this? Why do we try to do it ourselves opposed to waiting on God? Why do we try to do things ourselves instead of, you know, consulting God? You know, we're going with our rationale, which is very, 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 very limited. Uh, our rationale is very limited. Our thought process is very limited. We want to make sure we do whatever it is, whatever it takes to go before the Lord before we make any decision. You know, last night we prayed about doubt. And, you know, we end up doubting God, getting into a pocket of doubt because we've put ourselves a lot of times in a situation and we're trying to figure out if God is going to rescue me this time. You know, I know I've spoken to people who have made bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. And now they're wondering, it, you know, being that God then bailed them out 50 times already, is God going to bail them out the first, the 51st time? And that takes them into a level of doubt. Well, guess what? That is something to think about. Because if you've told God you weren't going to do this thing 15 other times before and you here you are the 16th time being in the same situation, yeah, you're going to wonder if God's going to take his hands off me this time. Well, that's different than doubt. Doubt is when you're in a situation or something is going on or you need God for something and you're just wondering if, you know, is God going to come through for me? You know, am I worthy of this? You know, not that you've been living 
you know, a lifestyle that's contrary to the word of God. But just because the weight of the situation is so heavy on you, it makes you wonder, you know, God, where are you? God, are you going to pull me out this time? God, I've been there for you. You know, are you going to be there for me this time? You know, that that's that's huge. That's huge. But what I promise you, you don't want to be in a place where you just keep doing your own thing. You keep choosing your own lane. You keep making decisions for yourself. You keep letting what the grass looks like on the other side, you know, how it's going to dictate what you do and what you believe and the moves you make. You know, when you when you watching Sally Sue and Don and, and James, you know, when they're in a wonderful situation according to what meets the eye, but yet you really don't know what's going on behind the scenes. They scratching their head and they praying. Because they in a situation they ain't got no business being in and they're looking the part. But we want to be where they are. Be careful. You don't want to put yourself in that. Because you're going to always wonder what you're doing. Are you doing it right? Consult God first. And when God tells you what to do and you move by the leading of the Lord, you can't go wrong. You cannot and you will not go wrong. Okay? So let's make sure this is not something we're playing with. That we're not gambling. We're not gambling, you know, and throwing the dice. We're not rolling the dice on, on what we do. You know, I'm just going to go ahead and step out and, I, you know, God will take care of me. Yeah. You'll see how that works for you. Be smart. Trust God. Don't let anything, anything take you away from trusting God and seeking Him first so that everything works out. And if it doesn't quite go smoothly, you'll know you're still in the right pocket because this is how God told you to move. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank our due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give your life to the Lord right now. Please do not, I mean, please do not, please do not just go away and not develop that relationship with God that you need to strengthen that relationship with God right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, where it's Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day, and we uh, focus on our segment, My Two Cents, Love and Death, the HBO Max miniseries. We're going to be discussing episode two tomorrow, so make sure you are watching it so you can have that conversation with us. Uh, until tomorrow, God spares our life. 
I love you.